this stuff to occupy our time, but at the same time, God requires quiet time from us. And we've become so self-sufficient and so self-reliant in all reality that many times we'll go through our entire week and and maybe you'll go through a whole month and, and realize, well, I haven't needed God at all. God forbid that we would even go through one church service and not need God. I, I fear sometimes some churches operate and, and they, they're so busy turning all the wheels and they're so busy pulling all the cranks and doing all the work that if God didn't show up, uh, church would go on just as normal and they'd never even notice. But we need God in our life. And if we're going to have God, God requires quiet time. He requires that we would be still and know that He is God. That's what He says in this text. And as we think about this, I I looked up that phrase, the word be still, and uh, there's another phrase that shows up in the Bible quite frankly and uh, quite frequently rather, and that's stand still. And so those two phrases, be still and stand still, show up and and oftentimes they're in reference to God and they're saying, hey, you need to take time out of your life and pause and just be still and know that He is God in your life. And as Christians, that's such an important thing. I want you to notice as we read our text, it says, be still and know that I am God. Probably one of the hardest things for me to do, honestly, is to set still. I don't like to set still. I like to be moving. I like to be active. I like to do this. I'm a doer by nature. Some people are are sitters by nature, and some people are doers by nature, and I just happen to be a doer by nature. I like to be doing, and I like to be active, and, and I like to be doing this or doing that and occupying myself. But sometimes in our life, we need to realize that, hey, uh, we need to stop doing and stop everything and just be still for a little bit. God requires that of us. And as I was thinking about being still and looking for where it shows up in the, in the Bible, go with me to Exodus chapter number 14. And I want you to see one of the places that we are to be still. There's three areas. There's probably more than that, but there's at least three areas that we need to take time and be still in our life. And listen, these are times that are not natural for us to be still. Sometimes are more natural for us to be still. Other times it's not natural for us to be still. And in Exodus chapter number 14 we find the nation of Israel has just been brought out of slavery. By the way, I refer to this a lot, and it's a phenomenal story, to be honest with you, in the Bible. And there's so much truth that you can garner from uh, from this experience that the nation of Israel had. They were in slavery in Egypt, and God brought them out of slavery uh, of Egypt, and, and they left the Egyptians behind. But then after a, a little while, the Egyptians started to pursue them. And we find that in this uh, place of where they're at, uh, the Egyptians were the largest, strongest, well-known army in that day. There was nobody stronger than the Egyptian army in that day. And here the Israelites had just pulled out of Egypt and uh, they had no army. 
They had no captain. They had no swords. They had no experience in battle. They had no training in fighting. They had absolutely nothing in the area of self-defense for them. They they were absolutely uh, weak and powerless in that area. And as they're there, the nation of Egypt is pursuing them and uh, and, and I think of this, one of the times that we need to be still, as we'll see in our text, is in the presence of our enemies. You say, well, that's, that's kind of contrary. Well, that is contrary. That's exactly what God is saying. And you look at this and, you know, the natural response to enemies or to be pe- being pursued or being attacked or being uh, taken over, uh, the natural responses are, are one of two. It's either flight or fight. That's the way they say it. Flight or fight. That's the syndrome. And you're naturally overcome with that idea. You're either going to one, up and run and flee from what's going on, or two, you're going you're gonna to stand up and double your fist and say, all right, buddy, it's on. Let's fight. Uh, I mean, those are the natural reactions that are going to come to these people. And in the course of the nation of Israel, uh, they were absolutely surrounded uh, by the nation of Egypt. And uh, listen, they absolutely hated them. Uh, They wanted to destroy them. Uh, They were upset that they had lost uh, the nation of Israel. And look with me in Exodus chapter number 14 as Egypt has come up to them and, uh, and they are about to overtake them. And we find in Exodus 14 and verse number 13, the Bible says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. The next thing he said is, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. It's very unnatural in a time like that to stand still. It's very unnatural just to put your hands in your pocket and say, I wonder how this is going to turn out. It's very unnatural because our, our, our natural response is to be concerned. Our natural response is, man, I'm running out of here. Are you kidding me? They're coming after me. They've got horses. They've got swords. They've got everything. And we've got nothing. Uh, man, I'm out of here. I'm heading for the hills. The other natural response is, I'm going to fight till the death and I'm going to do whatever I can to stand for these people. And listen, uh, that would be the natural response. But what God is telling uh, the nation of Israel is, listen, uh, don't run, but listen, stand still. I think of that verse in Psalm 46.10 that says, Be still and know that I am God. And here's a time in their life when God was saying, listen, I want you just to be still. I want you not to run. I don't want you to fight. I don't want you to flee. I want you to stand and I want you to watch as God takes care of everything that is taking place here and He destroys your enemies. And God's request was, hey, that they would stand still. Listen, perhaps you have enemies. Perhaps you have people that would hate you. Perhaps you have people that would destroy you. Perhaps you have others that would say, hey, uh, I don't like you and they would be 
happy if harm came your way. But listen, there are times in our life when God would say, hey, just stand still. Be still. Don't take things into your own hands. Don't try to exact revenge. Don't try to go on the offense. Don't try to go on the the, the fleeing. Uh, Just stand still and take it to God and say, God, what would you have me to do? And God, be still and know that He is God in your life. And it doesn't matter what things are coming uh, your way. Listen, when you stand still, you're acknowledging your inability to solve the problem. The nation of Israel was was not able to solve this problem. In all of their best defense, in all the best warriors they could muster up, would not stand physically and humanly a single chance against the Egyptian armies that were coming after them because they were not experienced in that. And when you stand still, you're acknowledging your inability to solve the problem. And when you stand still, you are displaying your faith in God. And saying, listen... I can't do this, but I serve a God who can. And He will stand up and save us. And so they were were commanded to stand still. And listen, when you stand still in the face of your enemies, you're allowing God to do something that you cannot do. The Israelites in a million years could have never pulled all the waters back of the Red Sea and waited until their enemies got into the middle of it and then released all the waters and allowed it to flow back over their enemies and to absolutely destroy the Egyptians. It physically was not possible for the nation of Israel to do that. God was able to do it and God did something that was bigger and greater than the Egyptians or that Israel rather could ever do. And God is saying, listen... In the presence of your enemies, stand still and see the salvation of God. I don't know what enemies you face in your life, and I don't know what difficulties you have, but I can tell you this, that everyone who is saved and everyone who is born again, listen, we face a spiritual enemy. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, and he does desire to devour and destroy every Christian. And listen, God would say to you, stand still. Be still and know that I am God. Listen, God is able to move and work in ways. The Bible says above that we are abundantly able to ask or even think. He's able to do things that we don't understand. And listen, we need to trust in Him. Uh, You remember when the disciples were in the garden of Gethsemane? uh, You know what Jesus told them? They were facing one of the the biggest spiritual battles that they would face in their lifetime, at least in that present time. And, and, And Jesus was about to be crucified. And you know what Jesus told His disciples? Watch and pray. You know what He said? Be still and know that I am God. Listen. Put all your hope and all your trust and all your faith in God, even in the face of your enemies, even in the face of, uh, of, of times that you're being pursued in the presence of your enemies. We need to be still and know that He is God. One other passage, go with me, uh, in Mark chapter number 4. In the presence of our enemies, we're to be still. In Mark chapter number 4, not only in the presence of our enemies, but in the presence of 
of a storm were to be still. Mark chapter number 4 and verse number 35, we find the disciples with Jesus and they're in a boat and they've just watched a, a lot of things transpire and take place and Jesus has, has gotten in the boat with them and they're crossing over to the other side of the sea. The Bible says in Mark chapter 4 and verse 35, And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitudes, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Listen, in the presence of a real storm, sometimes it's necessary to be still and know that He is God. Listen, this is a Bible account and it is a true story. Uh, The Bible is is a true book. It's not full of a bunch of stories. It's not made up. It is factually accurate and took place. And these disciples were in the sea and they were in the midst of the sea. In another part, uh, in in the Gospel of Luke, it's recorded this, that the Bible says, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. In other words, these men, I mean, their life was, uh, was a, they, they thought, man, this is the end. The boat's going down. And these were experienced fishermen. These were people who had been out on that sea before. This was not new to them. It was many of them had been out there during rough storms and they were aware of the difficulties. But at the same time, they become uh, concerned because, listen, they were losing this battle. They were going down. They were sinking. Listen, sometimes we think, well, we're the only ones who are suffering problems. Listen, there are plenty of people in the world and there are plenty of people in the Bible that are recorded that have uh, true life experiences where their life is physically in jeopardy. Sometimes we go through hardships in our life and and sometimes we look at them and, and they're really not as big as we may make them out to be. But to us, they're very big and they're very uh, problematic when other people may be facing uh, life-threatening situations. But nonetheless, listen, there are times that, uh, that God would say to us, Be still and know that I am God. This is one of those moments. Those disciples were in that boat. And I'm sure that they did everything that they could, but Jesus asks them, Why are ye so fearful? Listen, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, 
For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Maybe you need to jot that verse down and underline it. Maybe you need to memorize it. I remember as a, a young boy, as a, 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 a really a teenager, preteen probably, that, man, I, I was a fearful child. I, I, people would ask me, uh, people that didn't know me would ask me a question. I was scared to death to respond to them. I'm like, I don't know them. I don't know what to say to them. I was fearful. And I remember reading that verse one day and God spoke to my heart and said, hey, you need to remember that, that uh, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And maybe you need to jot that down because listen, fear is a natural response in our life. But listen, at the same time, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And maybe your life is being overtaken with fear and with anxiety. There is a real problem of anxiety in the society today. I was talking to somebody, it was probably eight months ago, and he said to me, um, he he said that that people are are struggling going to work. This was even, maybe it was was during the uh, pandemic, I don't recall. But he said even even before the pandemic, uh, young people were were going to work, but they they had all kinds of anxiety just about going to work. And I thought, man, I... I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. He, he said, yeah, we're, we try to hire new people and, and they're anxious and they're, they're all concerned even about starting this and starting that. And, and listen, I think it's even gotten worse throughout 2020 and the pandemic and the mental capacity of people that they're so anxious and they're so concerned over everything. Listen, as a Christian, we understand that God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, uh, power and of love and of a sound mind. And listen, I'm not saying don't be careful and I'm not saying throw caution to the wind, but I am saying this, when our faith is placed firmly in Jesus Christ, hey, come what may, uh, listen, I know at the end of my life, I'm going to heaven. Hey, I'm glad about that. Oh, I don't, I'm not saying I'm going to go jump off a cliff tomorrow because I want to get there. I'm not saying throw caution to the wind, as I've said, but I am saying, hey, uh, I can live for God and I can have peace of mind and I can know that I have my faith is placed in a God that's all powerful and able to do whatever and able to take care of me. And I'm saying, hey, that we need to have, pre- we need to have peace. We need to be still in the midst of a storm. These disciples were overtaken with anxiety. They were overtaken with fear. They were overtaken with their ability to try and do whatever they could. Listen, I'm a problem solver. I love to solve problems. Sometimes I just come up with problems so that I can solve them. At least my wife accuses me of that. And probably it's so true, I don't know. But I like to solve problems. I like to find things and fix them. I like to make everything run smoothly. But listen, sometimes there's problems that God gives us that you cannot solve, that you won't be able to solve, that God doesn't want you to solve, but God wants you just to be still and know that He is God. 
Listen, it's not easy to sit still with your hands tied. It's not easy to put your hands in your pocket when you're going through a problem and a difficulty in your life and you're fretting and you're wringing your hands and you're saying, what about this and what are we going to do with this and how about this and how about that and how are we going to solve this problem and, and we're so busy uh, running to and fro and trying to put this fire out and solve that problem and fix this and fix that. Hey, that God would just simply say, be still and know that I am God. That He's able to take care of all those things that we worry and fret about. And He's able to solve every problem that we would carry on our back. I'll never forget a, a preacher of a long time ago, years ago. He said, he said as a, as a, uh, he's a missionary actually, and as a missionary he said, he said, you know, he runs around and, 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 and he's talking, he's a missionary and he's a pastor in a church in a foreign field, but he says, you know, he, he talks to this person and, and, and they give him his burden and he grabs it and he carries it around and, and then he talks to somebody else and they give him his burden and he's carrying that around and, and pretty soon somebody else talks to him and, he, and he's got their burden and he's carrying that around and, and pretty soon he's got his arms all full and he's carrying stuff around. He said, listen, I realize that, that that's not what God wants me to do. God wants me to take all of those burdens and go to the altar and say, God, here's all these problems that all these people have and I'm asking you to intercede and take care of these and then walk away and leave those burdens at the altar and just be still and know that He is God. God can carry those burdens. We cannot. God can carry your burdens, but you cannot. He's simply saying, be still and know that I am God. Listen, when the storms of life are beating against you and it seems like your boat of life is sinking down, be still and go to God in prayer. We're quick to grab the buckets and bail the water. We're quick to grab the oars and try to row ourselves to shore. We're quick even to grab the life jacket and jump out of the ship and say, man, I got my my life jacket. Hey, I'm going to make it. But God's simply saying, be still. And you notice their response. I think they were accurate in what they did. They finally went to Jesus and said, hey, Master, carest thou not that we perish? I don't think their question was framed quite right because God does care. God did know where they were at. And He was just waiting for them. Come to me. And I'll help you out. He rose up and He said, Peace, be still. And that whole storm calmed right down and stopped. That's something the disciples couldn't do. They needed to be still and know that He is God in their life, in the presence of a storm. One more Turn with me to Joshua chapter 3. In Joshua chapter 3, we find we are to be still in the presence of our enemies. We find we are to be still in the presence of a storm. In Joshua chapter number 3, there's another passage. We find that in Joshua chapter number 1, Moses has passed off the scenes and Joshua is now at the helm of Israel and he's in charge and responsible for carrying them into the, uh, to the promised land and, and there's much work to do and there's much land to be conquered and there's many battles to be fought and Joshua is now in charge and, and we find in, in Joshua 2 that he's, uh, he's in charge and, and taking over and, and in chapter 3 we find this, uh, that they come to their very first obstacle and that was that they had to get across the Jordan River. 
We find as they approach the Jordan River, I was looking up the Jordan River and I said, what, what makes the Jordan River so, uh, so dangerous or so, uh, so intimidating? And, and we find that uh, they said on average, the Jordan River was 100 feet wide. I was like, wow, that's pretty wide. That's a big river. It really was not the depth of the river as it was only... Uh, sometimes only uh, three feet and sometimes up to ten feet. But they said because it was a hundred feet wide and then because it flowed from such a high elevation to such a low elevation that the, the rate of water flow was phenomenal. That's what made crossing the Jordan so, uh, so dangerous and so, uh, so difficult for them. And so here they are, they're standing at the, at the banks of the Jordan River, and look with me in Joshua chapter number 3 and verse number 8. The Bible says this, And thou shalt command the priests to bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and all the, the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now therefore take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand up upon an heap. Now, uh, this is amazing to me. They would stand there and the, God says uh, to them, He says, listen, I want you to uh, have the priests that bear the ark and, and I want you to have them go out and they're leading the way and, and I want you to actually have them go out into the water and stand in the water and then stand still. And as I read that, listen, Sometimes God wants you to do something and He does want you to step out on faith and He does want you to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to wait out even a little bit in the waters, but He doesn't want you to get ahead of Him. He doesn't want you to run out the other side and run into the middle of the river and cause all kinds of problems, but He does expect you to step out into the water and get your feet a little bit wet and say, God, I'm here. And then He said, you notice in verse number 3, stand still. What were they waiting for? They were waiting on God. Get your feet wet. Get involved. Get out there. Get a little bit into it. But then stand still and wait for God to do His thing. We don't like to wait. We don't like to be still. I don't like to wait. I don't like to be still. I like to be a problem solver. I like to be proactive. But God is saying, listen, stand still. Be still and know that I am God. In verse, uh, in verse number, uh, I'm sorry, I said three. It's verse number eight. He says, and thou shalt command the priest that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, when ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in the Jordan. 
listen, maybe God wants you to do something. And he's saying, listen, I expect you to live for me. I expect you to serve me. I expect you to do something. But maybe he expects you to step out and go ahead and get your feet wet in the Jordan River before he says, hey, I'm not going to do anything until you obey, until you, I, I, you do what I've told you and go all the way uh, to the Jordan River and go ahead and get your feet wet and go ahead and get started. And then you just stand still and wait. How long did they have to stand there and wait? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But we know this. They were standing there. And when you're standing in the, in the, the, the banks of the Jordan and the water is flowing by you and you're looking and it's a long way across it and, and all these people behind you are waiting on you saying, well, what are they waiting for? They're waiting on God. They're waiting for God to do something. They're waiting for God. And you read that and, and, and it says in, in verse number 13, At the last part of it, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon an heap. In other words, God's going to put his hand in there, and he's going to dam up all the water that was flowing down from the altitude, and it was going to stand up, and it was going to create a heap, just like it did in the Red Sea. And they were going to go across, once that water finished trickling down, and after he had stopped the water, hey, they were going to go across that Jordan River, a hundred feet across of it, on dry ground. And they did that. But God said, well, you get your feet wet, you get in there, then you just stand still and you wait on God. Listen, maybe God wants you to do something and you're standing at the bank of the river and you're saying, all right, God, do your thing. And he's saying, no, 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 you get your feet wet. You get in. Then I'll do my thing. I want, I want to see faith on your part. I want to see you uh, stepping out. I want to see you active. I want to see you pursuing, but I don't want you to go too far. I don't want you to get ahead of God. And in our life and in our service with God, and as we serve the Lord, hey, sometimes He's going to bring us in and He's going to take you a little ways. Then He's going to say, hey, I want you to stop and I want you to wait and I want you to stand still till I move and until I do something. Be still, the Bible says, and know that I am God. We have a problem in our world that we don't like to stand still. We don't like to wait on God. And really, I think that's why we don't see God work so many times. We're rushing ahead. We're fixing everything. God doesn't even have time to do something before we've already got our hand in it. God can do stuff so much better than you and I can. Sometimes in our life, hey, we need to be still and know that He is God. Maybe you're agitated. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're fretting. Maybe you're problem-solving. Maybe you're manipulating things to try and make it work out for you. And I encourage you this morning, be still and know that I am God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we stand to our feet. Maybe you're here this morning and your life is turned upside down, difficulties, and you're saying, Pastor, you don't, 
you don't know the problems that I'm going through, and, and I don't. I'm not going to pretend that I do, but God does. And He wants to show Himself strong. He wants to be honored and glorified. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, I don't, I don't know the Lord. Listen, you can know Him by putting your faith and trust in Him and being saved. And He will help you. God, I pray you'd speak to each and every heart this morning. God, help us to simply 